0: Well good morning and again uh, welcome to Liberty Church. I'm super excited to give you a very special announcement today and that is uh, that six months ago, November of last year, uh, we kind of came to you as a church and we presented what we call Pave the Way. And that is that we decided that we wanted to pave our parking lot in order to pave the way for people. One of the things we've recognized here through this COVID-19 is that our goal as a church is definitely not to build buildings, right? Our goal is not to build buildings and facilities, but we do understand something. We understand that buildings and facilities and properties are tools. And one of the things we're always trying to do is figure out, God, how can we continue to reach people? And so we came up six months ago with something really that had been on our heart for over six years, and that is to pave our parking lot here at our Arab campus. And so we began our Pave the Way project. We began time I mean, we began giving and we began praying and believing God to bring in $150,000. Now, our goal uh, was to have the money raised and our parking lot paid by Easter this year. Well, we missed that goal. We did not make it. Uh, We weren't able to pay the parking lot by Easter this year. But seven weeks ago, as we kind of went into this COVID-19 kind of lockdown and we shifted all of our services, I just want to let you know something. I want to let you know how good God is. Because seven weeks ago, we were a little over $61,000 short Of our $150,000 goal. But in the last seven weeks, during all the pandemic that's happening across our nation, during all the setbacks and the challenges, God is faithful. Let me give you a look right here at our screen today because we have now officially hit $150,000. $61,000 came in over the last seven weeks as God continued to move upon people. So I want to thank you. Thank you for giving. All of you that gave along the way, thank you for sowing seed into the kingdom of God. And we believe something here at Liberty Church. We believe that uh, we're number one, we're blessed. We just sung about the blessing of God. We're blessed because of what Jesus has done. And we understand that the tithe, as we talk about it here at Liberty a lot. We recognize that the tithe is significant because the tithe allows us to maintain that blessing. It allows us to hold on to what God has given us because the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But we also know something else. We know that the Bible in the book of Luke, Jesus said, given it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, for with the same measure that you give, it will be given back to you. And so one of the things we understand is that through our offering, what we give above our tithe, that sets the measure. Measure of the increase that God brings back. And I want you to know, all of you that gave, that you gave above your tithes and you gave offerings to go toward paving the way here at Liberty Church at our a campus, we want to thank you for that. And we believe that God is going to press down, shake it together, and run over, pour back on you. And so not only have we raised $150,000, but we are actually right now in the process of having the parking lot paved. And when you come to drive in church next Sunday for Mother's Day, you're going to drive in on our brand new paved parking lot and we're excited to celebrate that with you so we want to thank you we want to let you know come next Sunday see the new parking lot experience what God has done because we are paving the way amen for people to come and know Jesus. Amen. Have you excited about that? Give a little shout out online. Let us know that God is doing something good in your life. We want to hear your praise report as we just share with you some amazing things that God is doing. Well this morning I'm excited. I'm going to walk over here to the podium today because we're going to dive right back into our message. And so we began a couple weeks ago talking a message entitled Raised to Life. And on Easter Sunday four weeks ago, uh, we kind of dove into the Easter story. And we're going to just reread Luke chapter 24, just a couple verses today. And we're going to dive into our message as we wrap up our series today entitled Raised to Life. So Luke chapter 24, verses 5 through 8 says this. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. Jesus is not here. But He is risen. Look what it says. Remember how He spoke to you while He was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified in the third day, rise again, and they remembered his words right so four weeks ago we recognized something we recognized that we are raised to life by faith in the finished work of Jesus and we understood that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin that he bore the wrath and judgment of God upon himself and he died so that we might live and we understood something we looked at the realization That everything that we have as believers in Jesus Christ really does come back to one thing. And that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He died and rose again that we might be raised to life by putting our faith in the finished work. So no longer are we made right with God by the works of the law or by the keeping of the law. Now we're made right with God, brought into right standing with the Lord because we put our faith... In the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so we began four weeks ago recognizing that. And one of the things that we say a lot here at Liberty Church is simply this. Jesus didn't die and rise again so he could make bad people good people. Jesus died and rose again so he could make dead people come alive in Christ. And that's who we are. We have been raised to life through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And then we talked about a couple weeks ago. We talked about how that we are raised to life Through the person of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit gives us a new nature, new eyes, new ears, and supernatural power. What an awesome message that was. I hope you listened to it. If you haven't, go back and check it out. Why? Because we understood something. We understood we're raised alive through the person of the Holy Spirit. He gives us a new nature that desires to please God. He gives us new eyes so we can see God, see ourselves, and see others. He gives us new ears so we can hear the voice of God. Think about that. We can hear God's voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they Follow me. And then he gives us supernatural power. I love what Pastor Ian shared a few weeks ago during this message. He shared the scripture where the Bible says Jesus is speaking. He says the same works that I did will you do. And if you think about it, Jesus said we can do what he did. And here's why. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So we can do the same thing that Jesus did and even greater works than what Jesus did because the same spirit lives on the inside of me and you. So we're raised to life through the person of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked about the truth that we are raised to life by the love of God. That we are filled with the fullness of God to the degree that we comprehend God's love for us. And we recognize something. We recognize that there's a level of life that you and I can live that only comes through the love of God. Perfect love casts out fear. And all of a sudden, when I begin to grab, hold, comprehend, take ownership of the love of God, I am filled with the fullness of God to the degree that I comprehend that love. And all of a sudden, God's love begins to cast out fear. When I move from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge, when I move from intellectual understanding to a place of faith, all of a sudden, perfect love casts out fear. And I'm no longer afraid of judgment, and I'm no longer afraid of people. And the moment I'm not afraid of judgment, and the moment I'm not afraid of people, guess what happens? I am liberated to live and love others the way that God loves me. And that's an amazing way to live your life. Amen? And so this morning, we're going to wrap this series up. And I just want to say, as always, I believe God always saves the best for last. And this morning, we're going to kind of dive into our last point, our last truth, as we look at this series. So we are raised to life. Look at this last point. We are raised to life. By renewing our minds and fixing our focus. We are raised to life by renewing our minds and fixing our focus. Why? Because we have all been broken by sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The realization is every one of us here today have been broken by sin. Every person watching me online, no matter where you are, what country you're in, every person has been broken by sin by sin and here's a realization we got to understand today. The realization is this, we need to be fixed by God. Amen. We need God to transform us and raise us to new life why? Look at the rest of that statement. Because broken thoughts and broken focus reproduce broken lives. Broken thoughts and broken focus reproduce broken lives. And this is this is critical. Let me tell you why it's critical because that one little statement explains It explains how you can be saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and experience the love of God, and still live a broken life. How is that possible? How is it possible that I can be saved, that I can have faith in the finished work of Jesus... That I can receive the person of the Holy Spirit and I can experience the love of God and still live a broken life. I mean, we spent the last three weeks talking about how those three things raise us to life. How they transform us. How they metamorphosize us. How they empower us to live this new life. And that is all true. And there is no substitute for any of those things. There's no substitute for the finished work of Christ. There's no substitute for the person of the Holy Spirit. There's no substitute for you experiencing and knowing the love of God. But this is what I want you to understand. You can have all of those things in operation in your life. But if you still have broken thoughts and broken focus, then you'll reproduce a broken life. And when you look at your life, you've probably recognized something. If you're a Christian, you've recognized something. You've recognized there are some areas in your life you're doing really good, and there are some areas in your life you're doing not so good. Well, here's the difference. The difference between where you're walking in victory and where you're walking in defeat really comes down to two things, broken thoughts and broken focus. And if your thoughts and your focus are not set the way that God intends them to be set, then all of a sudden you're going to reproduce the life you used to live. And I want to give you some good news today because today what we're going to do is we're going to get to the root issue that keeps so many people from walking in freedom, walking in victory, and experiencing the metamorphosis, the transformation That God wants to bring Because most people, especially Christians Most Christians live their entire Christian life Plucking off bad fruit, right? They have a bad attitude, they have a bad action They make a bad decision, they get in a bad relationship They make a financial choice that's no good And they spend their whole lives pruning the fruit off the tree But I want you to understand something I want you to understand that until you deal with the root You get the same fruit Until you deal with the root, you're going to get the same fruit. And what we're going to see by renewing our minds and fixing our focus is we're going to be able to get to the root issues that lay at the problems of our lives. And all of a sudden, when I fix my thoughts and fix my focus on the things that God has called us to, it brings restoration and transformation into my physical life. And all of a sudden, my marriage, my family, my finances, my own emotional, mental, and spiritual health begin to elevate to a place that I've never experienced before. Why? Because the root of the issue is that we have a focus problem and a thinking problem that robs us of the fullness of what God really wants to do. So today we're going to dive in to this truth and we're going to find some freedom. Amen? Is that all right with you out there today? Let's find a little freedom through the word of the Lord. So Romans chapter 12 verse 2. The Bible says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Metamorphosize is the word we get from the Greek word there, metamorphos. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let God transform you. How's He going to do that? How does God transform us into a new person? How does God change us into the person that we're supposed to be? It's really simple. God transforms us by the renewing of our mind, by changing the way we think, and then look what Paul says in Philippians chapter three, because in Philippians chapter three, the Apostle Paul is talking about pursuing the high calling of god he 's talking about becoming the person. That God has called him to be And so Paul has this aspiration This dream and this vision Of becoming the man that God has called him to be To lay hold of the thing that God has laid hold of him for And look what he says in Philippians 3 verse 13 He says, no dear brothers and sisters I have not achieved it So he said, I'm pressing for this prize of the high calling I'm pursuing the life God's called me to live And I hadn't got there yet But look what he says He says, but I focus but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So listen to what the Apostle Paul said. Paul said that God transforms us by the renewing of our mind and that when we fix our focus on the thing that God is calling us to, it empowers us to become the person. It empowers us to become the person That God has called us to be. And all of a sudden the finished work of Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit. And the supernatural love of God that has been poured out in our hearts and our lives. Through the Holy Spirit begins to be manifested physically and supernaturally in our world. So that our family, our finances, our relationships, our mental, our emotional health. And everything about us begins to elevate to a level of life that we have never lived before. So look at that next point on the outline. So only when we fix our focus can we be renewed in our minds. Only when we fix our focus can we be renewed in our minds. And as God fine-tunes us, we can begin to look forward with expectation instead of staying trapped in the past of normalcy and complacency. Only when we fix our focus can we be renewed in our minds. Unless you change the way you think, Unless, let me let me back up. The only way to change the way you think is to change what you focus on. The only way to change the way you think is to change what you focus on. I'm going to say it over here, okay? The only way to change the way you think is to change what you focus on. Let me give you a couple of scriptures, and we're going to break this down together today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sight, set your focus, set your attention, set your affirmations on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Hebrews 12, verse 2 and 3 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So listen to this statement. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said we've got to set our, set our sights on the reality of heaven. we got to fix our eyes on Jesus. we got to constantly consider Jesus Christ and what He has done and what He wants to do in our lives. Why? Because the power of focus is this. What I focus on, I want you to hear this, my focus determines my thoughts. And right now we're in this Quarantine. We're in this stay-at-home. We're in all these things, and right now there is an escalation. I want you to hear this: there is an escalation of depression. There's an escalation of suicidal thoughts. There's an escalation of anxiety, and our worlds have been changed, and our worlds have been shaken, and we've we've been pulled out of a place of community to places of isolation. And this is what happened for many people. Many people's thoughts have went south, and their minds are constantly being tormented. With negative, anxious, fearful, worrying thoughts. Let me tell you why. Because your focus determines your thoughts. See, the only way to change what you think about is you have to first change what you focus on. And if you focus on what you're not doing, if you focus on what you don't have, if you focus on what you're not experiencing, then guess where your thoughts are going to go? Your thoughts are going to follow your focus. But I want you to listen to me. Because not only do your thoughts follow your focus, but your feelings follow your thoughts. So my focus sets my thoughts, and my thoughts set my feelings. And if you don't believe me, just think about the people that are in your life. Because there are people, when they walk in the room and you see them, you feel certain things, right? You feel certain things. And you know how I know what you feel? I know what you feel because what you think. See, what you think about a person determines what you feel about that person. And what you think about them is determined by what you focus on. Let's just consider for a minute that you got somebody in your life and they betrayed you, they hurt you, they misused you. And if you focus on that betrayal, and if you focus on that hurt, and if you focus on that that hurt, you know what will happen? All your thoughts toward that person will be painful. If you focus on that hurt, if you focus on that pain, if you focus on that betrayal, all your thoughts about that person will be painful. And when you see that person, you know what you'll feel? You'll feel resentment. You'll feel bitterness. You'll feel frustration. You'll feel anger. You'll feel mad. You'll feel all those things. You know why you feel those things? Because you think those things. You know why you think those things? Because that's the focal point of your life. And what you focus on determines what you think about. And what you think about determines what you feel. But I want to take it a step further because what you feel determines your actions. Your feelings determine your actions. Now, Pastor Keith, what do you mean by that? Well, let's just think about it for a second. When you feel happy, guess how you act? Happy. When you feel excited, guess how you act? Excited. When you feel sad, guess how you act? When you feel discouraged, guess how you act? When you feel frustrated, guess how you act? When you feel angry, guess how you act? Now, I want you to think about this for a minute I want us to get to the root Of these issues Because right here is a revelation We need to grab hold of If my actions are wrong If my thoughts are wrong If my feelings are wrong It's because my focus is wrong Because my focus determines my thoughts My thoughts determine my feelings And my feelings are determine my action. And the only way to be renewed in our minds is we have to first fix our focus. I can't change the way I think until I change what I focus on. I don't know how many of you out there are married this morning, but if you've been married for more than I don't know about a day, then uh, you have probably experienced some challenges in marriage, right? Because marriage has challenges, because you take two people, put them together for the rest of their life, and all of a sudden we irritate one another, and we do things that aggravate one another, and we don't always agree on everything. And it's really easy in marriage. And let's just broaden that for just a minute. It's really easy in families, right? If you're raising a teenager, Lord, help you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Right? If you're raising a teenager, boy, there's challenges, there's difficulties, there's struggles, there's problems. There's all kinds of things that are happening in your family. And right now, you're quarantined with your kids 24-7. Homeschooling them. I mean, come on. Isn't it crazy? And all of a sudden, you're around your kids. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you are feeling frustrated, you can trace your frustration to what you're focusing on. If you're feeling aggravated, you can can trace your aggravation to what you're focusing on. See, if you don't set your mind on the right thing, if you don't set your focus on the thing that God has called us to focus on, then all of a sudden your focus is going to create thoughts, your thoughts are going to create feelings, and your feelings are going to create actions that ultimately, let's be honest, that ultimately many times we regret. We regret. I I promise you, during this quarantine, homeschooling, all this stuff that's going on, there have been some family fights. There's been some chaos and confusion. There's been some disruptance and, and some all kind of stuff that's happened. And that doesn't mean we're bad people. We're not bad people. And it doesn't mean we don't love God, and it doesn't mean we don't love our family. We do. Here's the problem. Somehow, in the midst of everything that's happened, we lost our focus we lost our focus and we started focusing on the wrong thing and I'm just gonna let you know something right now there is a battle for your focus there is a battle for your focus and I can prove it really quickly how many times have you ever got on your phone to do something maybe return a text message reach out to somebody that was in need call somebody and all of a sudden you got distracted You got distracted by Facebook, you got distracted by Instagram, you got distracted by TikTok, right? And before you know it, man, you don't wasted 30 minutes, you might have wasted an hour. Lord help us, to you somebody might have wasted a bunch of hours. I've seen it happen. You know why? Because there's a battle for your focus. Because what you focus on determines what you think about, and what you think about determines how you feel, and how you feel determines how you act. So let's look at that point one more time. I want you to see this. I just want to reread it to you. So when we fix our, only when we fix our focus can we be renewed in our minds. And God fine-tunes us. Look at this. As God fine-tunes us, we can begin to look forward with expectation instead of staying trapped in the past of normalcy and complacency. I want to talk about that last phrase for just a minute. I want to rephrase it. If you're not looking forward with expectation, then you're probably trapped in normalcy and complacency. If you don't have an expectant heart If you're not looking at your life Looking at your future Looking at your family Looking at your ministry Looking at your job Looking at the world around us If you're not looking at the world With an attitude of expectancy Then you're probably trapped in normalcy and complacency And I heard somebody make this statement one time They said a rut is simply a grave With both ends kicked out of it And a lot of times we get in a rut And we get trapped in the past. We get trapped in a normalcy and a complacency. Let me just be honest with you today. I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be a normal father. I don't want to be a normal husband. I don't want to be a normal pastor. I don't want to be a normal preacher. I don't want to be a normal person. I want to be supernatural. I want to be a godly husband. I want to be a godly father. I want to be a godly pastor. I want to be a godly leader. I want to be like Jesus. How about you? I don't want to be normal. I don't want to conform to normalcy in this world. I don't want to look like everybody else and act like everybody else and talk like everybody else. I want to look like, walk like, and talk like Jesus. I want to live a supernatural kind of life. And the only way that happens is I have to change my focus. I have to begin to focus on the things that God calls us to focus on. And when I change my focus, I can renew my mind and God can transform my life. So let's look at our next point. So what does it really mean to fix our focus? Fixing our focus means setting our minds on God and all the good that comes from Him. Fixing our focus means setting our minds on God and all the good that comes from Him. Philippians 4, verse 8. I love this scripture. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Fix your focus on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. How do I fix my focus? I fix my focus by setting my mind on God and every good thing that comes from Him. Everything that is true and honorable and worthy of praise. Everything that is virtuous and glorious. Everything that gives God praise. Everything that is excellent and everything that is true. Think about that for a minute. What would happen in your marriage if you focused on the good? What would happen in your family if you focused on the good? What would happen in your finances if you focused on the good? What would happen in our nation if we could begin to focus on the good? Years ago, I heard somebody describe it this way. They called it the 101% rule. And here's how it works. The 101% rule is really simple. You find the one thing that's good, and you give 100% of your focus and attention to it. Let's find the one thing that's good in our marriage. I I do a lot of marriage counseling, and, and one of the things I try to challenge couples with is I'll say, Why did y'all get married? (laughs) Do you remember? Do you remember why you got married? Because nobody ever gets married because they hate this person. People get married because they love that person. They want to spend the rest of their life with that person. So why are we so miserable in our marriage? Why are our families so chaotic? How is it that the child that you prayed so desperately for, you now want to kill? (laughs) And I'm not saying there aren't frustrating moments. There are a bunch of them. I've had more than my fair share of it. But I know this. I know I can't stay in frustration. And I can't stay in discouragement. And I can't stay in disgust. And I can't stay in bitterness. And I can't stay in resentment. And I can't stay in a place where my heart is calloused and cold toward the people that I love the most. And the only way to break free, hear me, the only way to break free is you've got to fix your focus. That's it. That's the root issue. The root issue of every thought, the root issue of every feeling, the root issue of every action that you have in your life that does not please God is driven back to a focal point in your life that somehow has missed God. So how do I fix my focus? I set my mind on God and every good thing that comes from Him. Look at Psalms 119, verse 58 and verse 116. I love what David said. He says, I have sought your face, God. I've sought your face with all my heart. I've fixed my focus. Be gracious to me. Look at this little phrase, according to your promise. And then in verse 116, he says, sustain me, my God, according to your promise, and I will live. Do not let my hopes be dashed. I want you to think about something. David set his mind. He set his focus according to God's promises. And when what I think, and when what I feel, and when what I do contradicts God's word Then my focus is wrong Think about that for just a minute When what you think And what you feel And what you're doing Contradicts the truth of God's word When your thoughts, your feelings and your actions Are not according to his promise Then your focus is wrong And the realization Is we spend a lot of times We spend a lot of times Plucking bad fruit Right, I'm going to deal with that addiction And I'm going to deal with bankruptcy. And I'm going to deal with debt. And I'm going to deal with marital problems. And we deal all this time plucking this fruit. And guess what happens? It just comes back. It comes back. And the reason it comes back is because you can prune the fruit. But until you get to the root issue that's producing the fruit in your life, nothing's going to change. Let me just give you a thought today. The root issue is your focus. Until you fix your focus... Broken focus produces broken thoughts, produces broken feelings, produces broken actions, which produces a broken life. But if I can fix my focus on God, if I can allow God's word, as David said, Lord, according to your promise, I will live. According to your promise, my hopes will come true. According to your promise, I will be refreshed and renewed. God, according to your promise, if I can fix my focus on the truth of God's word, then guess what will happen? I won't be consumed by what the world's doing. I'll be focused on what God said. And for the last eight weeks, we've been been in craziness. And I understand a lot of people have suffered a lot of things. And many have lost loved ones. And my heart and my prayers go out to you. Literally, I pray for you every day. But I want you to know I've kept my focus. I've kept my focus on what does God say. In the midst of a pandemic, what does God say? He says, The Lord is my shield and my shepherd. He is my strength and my high tower. He says, He will watch over me and He will protect me and He will lead me and He will guide me and He will never abandon me and He will never forsake me. In the midst of financial struggles, in the midst of financial setbacks, I've tried to keep my focus. What does God say? God is my source. He's the source. He's the one that blesses us. He's the one that provides for us. He's the one that cares for us. And if you'll fix your focus, you know what will happen? You don't have to be depressed, you don't have to be discouraged, you don't have to be overwhelmed. You don't have to be angry and frustrated with the world. You don't have to be irritated and agitated by the people that you love the most. If you'll fix your focus, those things will begin to change. Why? Because your focus determines your thoughts. Your thoughts determine your feelings and your feelings determine your actions. And if we fix our focus, we are transformed by the grace of God. Amen? So look at our last point together today. We are raised to life when we magnify God and minimize everything else that tries to set itself against Him. We are raised to life when we magnify God and minimize everything else that tries to set itself up against Him. A renewed mind and a fixed focus produces a harvest of eternal life. Look at a couple of scriptures with me. Second Corinthians chapter 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wait to war as the world does. For the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Paul said, hey, we're at war. You know what? We are at war. And there's a war for the focal point of your life. What are you going to focus on? Because whoever grabs your focus, grabs your thoughts, grabs your feelings, and ultimately determines your actions. Paul says, by the power of God, we can bring every thought captive. Amen? We can bring every thought captive. We erase life when we magnify God and we minimize everything else. I found out that when I put my life in the light of God's Word, everything always works out. When I put my life in the light of God's Word, everything works out. And all of a sudden, through a renewed mind and a focused heart, we are raised to life. I love what Galatians says, and we're going to close with this scripture. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to the flesh, whoever sows to please their flesh, will from the flesh reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. A renewed mind and a fixed focus produces a harvest of eternal life. I love that phrase, eternal life, because the word eternal life means perpetual, continual life. Perpetual, continual life. We are raised to life when we fix our focus, renew our minds. Because when I fix my focus and allow God to renew my mind, you know what happens? It changes my feelings. It changes my actions. And it ultimately changes my destiny. I want to tell you today, there's hope for every one of us today. And the root of your broken life is a broken focus. And I want to just say this today because I believe that there are a lot of people that have rejected Christ and they've rejected Christianity because of a broken focus. They focused on the wrong things. I'm going to make a real bold statement to you today. I want you to hear me. You don't have to understand everything in the Bible to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Savior. As a matter of fact, the only thing you have to understand in the Bible is that you're a sinner, Jesus died on the cross to be your Savior, and He rose again on the third day that if you would put your faith and trust in Him, He'd raise you to life. That's the only thing you've got to understand. And what happens so many times we get broken in our focus and we say well you know I don't understand this and I think the Bible contradicts itself here and I don't think this this I, I just don't understand how we can even apply this to our lives today and we get so distracted by the things we don't understand that we miss the one thing that matters most do you realize that the New Testament church was birthed into existence without a Bible and thousands upon thousands of people came to know Christ before we ever had what we call the Bible Do you know why? Because they fixed their focus on the one thing that mattered most. And when you read the Gospels of Jesus Christ, and you read the New Testament letters of the birthing of the New Testament church, there was one central theme that the apostles went back to. Jesus died and rose again so that you and I could be saved. That was it. And I don't have to understand everything. I just got to focus on the one thing that matters most. I'm a sinner. And you know what? I don't have to convince you of that. I've never met anybody that really thought they were perfect. Not really. We all know we're just a little bit messed up. We've all been broken by sin. And there's one focal point that will change your life. His name is Jesus. And I want to encourage you today. If you've never trusted Him, let's fix our focus on Him. Hebrews, we read it earlier, Hebrews 12 says fixing our eyes on Jesus let's fix our eyes on him today let's fix our eyes on the one that suffered bled and died and rose again on the third day so that me and you could have eternal life so I want to pray with you today if you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior let's fix our focus on him for all of you that are Christians that are saved I want to just challenge you take this word today let's fix our focus let's stop being distracted let's stop looking at the wrong things let's set our minds on God and the good things that come from him and let's allow our folk, our fixed focus to produce thoughts, feelings, and actions that please the Lord. But if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus right now, I just want you just to bow your heads wherever you're at. And the reason I want you to bow your head and close your eyes is just, I want you to get, I want you to get on the inside with God. I want you to open your heart this morning. And it's really this simple. Here it is. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life and be my Lord and my Savior. I receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ my Lord. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, there's a link in the description. It says contact us. I want to challenge you. Please contact us. Let us know you prayed that prayer today. We want to follow up with you and we want to help you as you grow to know Him. God bless you today as we are raised to life in Christ.